Today on Sagittarian Matters, life advice, pansexuality, and eating squirrels with my very special 99th episode guest, Beth Ditto. Stay tuned. Sagittarian Matters, Sagittarian Matters, what's the Hello from Los Angeles. Welcome to our 99th episode. In honor of this momentous occasion, we invited back friend to the show, Beth Ditto, who appeared on episode number one. You may know Beth from the band Gossip. She is currently touring solo around the U.S. this March, and she is acting in an upcoming film by Gus Van Sant called He Won't Get Far on Foot. Beth was putting on her makeup one morning when I cornered her to ask her some advice, some information about Arkansas, and more. Beth Ditto, welcome back to Sagittarian Matters. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be here. What are you doing? Uh, what are you doing right now? Uh, well, now I am showing you my boobs. You're showing me that you can move each one independently of the other. I like to move it, move it. Oh! <laughs> Beth, you gave no, me... No boyfriends coming up the stairs. Uh-oh, no boyfriends allowed. No. No men allowed. Mm-hmm. No man on the land. Um, what were uh, your hot beauty tips when you were, like, super poor? When I was, oh, gosh. Mm, water in my mascara. Oh. Yeah. Um, to make it last longer? Also, yeah. Well, that was my mom's trick. But I also, I just was like, I used everything to the nitty gritty. Like, I didn't use brushes, really. I always used the wands that they came with. But let me think of things. Oh, you know, things like AC's baby powder for hair powder that was a good one um sl- anything that you could run out of i would just cut it open and scrape it out we've all been there yeah i started that one really young with deodorant cut it open scrape it out rub it on yourself with fingers scrape your fingernail backwards down the or like push it up so it doesn't get caught in your fingernail and then just rub it on your armpit because you're running out because that suave isn't going to last forever sounds like my life right now no, it doesn't. I will be damned if I come over to your house and you're scraping at your fingernail. <laughs> the last of your suave deodorant. Anyway, you don't even use suave. No, I did leave my soap somewhere, so then I was using a tiny soap disc. I had like, uh, you know, anyway. Let me tell you something. You could be a gajillionaire and you would be the kind of person who would still be putting their slivers of soap together and creating a monster soap. <laughs> I that hate- would still be you. No matter how, it wouldn't matter how much money you had. You know, the, the other day I said to someone, I said, what, what was it about? I can't remember. But I did say out loud, I was like, that's a savings. That's a save. I love a value. But I heard it. I heard you come out of my mouth. Okay, here's an advice question. Ready? Yeah. Hello. Okay, Hello. Well, you asked for it. I need advice, so here it goes. And it involves two of your proposed categories, that being pets and romance. My ex-girlfriend dumped me back in September after four and a half years of what was mostly a loving, non-toxic relationship. 
Okay. Well, mostly is a keyword. Despite her claims to be on the asexual spectrum, she proceeded to sleep with a mutual friend four days after dumping me, and then two months later moved in with her. I would love to never have to see or think of this person again, but alas, we share two dogs together. Advice time. How to go about sharing custody of these fur babies when this person has hurt me so deeply. Every time I see her, it opens up old wounds, and I'm not sure what to do. Now, this is a good question for me because I just recently fell into a situation similar to this. Where do you have to, like, I, I you know it's, it's, an, it's not an easy question. I don't know. I'm still answering that question myself. I mean, but my answer to, might surprise you. Um, your answer might surprise me? Yeah. Put them up. Don't let them see the dog. My, advi- my advice is just decide who's going to keep the dogs. The dogs love you, but dogs don't really have object permanence. So when you're away, like when they see you, they're happy to see you. But when you're away, they're not necessarily wistfully staring at your picture, wishing they could see you again. So it's mostly about you. And I think that, you know, it might be good to just give the dogs to her or vice versa. One of you decide who gets to keep the dogs and then you just have to let it go for now and know that maybe when you're friends later, the dogs will be in your life again in some way. But it's not like a child. Or in your life or their life again. In yeah. Some way. Yeah. Like I, I just, I just, I mean, I've dated people that had dogs I really cared about. But when we broke up, when you're doing that split custody thing, it's not for the dogs. I mean, they enjoy you, but they don't, you know, it's not a baby. I have a lot of dog experience is my thing. You know, and you know who really doesn't give a shit? Cats. They don't fucking care. Cats don't care. Have you ever split custody of an animal? Uh, no. I haven't because I always had cats. What are you going to do? Like, <laughs> you don't, cats don't, they don't respond well to that. I agree that you're not doing it for, I, I have to second that emotion, that emotion. <laughs> Well, cause that emotion. You know, when you break up with somebody, you need some space. And it's not because you don't love them. It's not because your time together wasn't valuable. You just need a little distance to go through your feelings in the stages of grief. Also, I think there's a good question. You know, catch me if I'm... Call me, call me out. Tell me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong is what I'm trying to say. Doesn't it seem like sometimes people use things like pets or even finances, like whatever it is, to tether themselves to something else because they're not ready to say goodbye? Yeah. I feel like that's a big thing, too. That's a really big question to ask yourself, I think, is be like, is this, like you said, it's like, this isn't about your pet, this is about you. And, like, I think that's a good question to ask yourself, even though that's not their question. Be like, is this really because you want to hang out with this person and you're heartbroken and you don't know what, it's like all of a sudden they're gone? Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, that's, I've enjoyed, I've got, I've broken up with people that I had really enjoyed their companionship, even though romantically it was toxic at the moment. Yeah. And then like being on each other's phone plans or watching their dogs for extended amount of time or keeping some of their stuff was just a way of like having a part of them in my life that wasn't problematic. Mm Mm-hmm. Or yeah. even like I had a family plan with uh, a partner of mine, and you do? to this day, you're Are you talking about me and you and our split membership to King Cobra. You want to talk about that? <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? King Cobra, the porno video store, <laughs> Phil, Fat Cobra. Oh, King! Oh, King Cobra is the band that Teddy was in. Hey, and Rachel, Fat Sorry. Cobra. 
Fat King Cobra. <laughs> we have a membership together to Fat Cobra, and I keep that, even though I haven't. <laughs> I haven't rented a video for years, but I keep that just to say tethered to you. <laughs> anyway, yes. So, who do you still share a phone? Well, I'm not going to say her name on the air, but I do want you to know that every month when I have a data overage, they text her and tell her even though we've split up our accounts every month she texts me and is like hey george's looks like looks like you ran out of data this month <laughs> can you just get a bigger plan and i'm like i'm in a contract you're like oh that's not a savings let me tell you something don't ever request that nicole get something bigger different more expensive how dare you what do i look you like a rockefeller deal with it advice how does one get out of a life rut this is hard because what is the rut what is it like your job is it your relationship is it the weather is it the city you live in is it your roommate like what is it well let's go through all the possibilities that we have advice about i mean i just think you have to remember your life is somebody was explaining that bear with me here i had a friend explain judith butler's idea of gender to me before I started this book with her and they were like, essentially she's saying that your gender is kind of like a film that's made up of like a whole bunch of different individual images or moments of you performing gender. Does that make sense? So like yeah. every time I put on lipstick, that is going into a film that's called like femme or whatever. Yeah. Um, but so I kind of feel like that's your life too. Like your life is made up of a bunch of little tiny moments and that's what creates the great film of your life you know, the individual frames. So you get to change a little frame. If you just change like a little frame every day, if you made like three really bold moves every day, whatever bold means to you, and you kept doing it every day, that would change your life. Give me an example. Like. Should I give you, should I throw one at you? Should yeah. I throw you a hardball? Throw me a hardball. Okay. Um, I hate my job. I hate it. But I have to pay my bills. It's a, it's a nine to five. Um, I have insurance, but it's making me very unhappy. I, I hardly have any time to see my friends. I hardly have any time to see my family. I can't travel. It's gloomy. I live in the Pacific Northwest. Hardball. Go. Okay. Well, I'm just, I'm just like, okay, spend one hour with yourself three times a week or twice a week. Just like sitting down and writing, what is your dream job that you would be doing that could take up your time, give you, you know, but also nourish you? And then just take it the, the second hour of that week to do some kind of action around that. So that's like looking for that job, seeing what skills you need for that job, thinking maybe if you can put together two jobs. I don't, I mean, you know, I don't know. Yeah. What would you do? What would I do? Oh, don't ask me. I would just quit that job because I'm the worst. You are, you are the worst. I'm the absolute worst. I just like, well, I don't want to do this, so bye, everybody. I'll just be eating this one pack of ramen for the next three days. Don't care. Well, that's the thing. It's like, what are you willing to risk to be happy? Because, you know, is financial stability happiness to you or is your time happiness to you? Uh, yeah. You might have a lot of time and be happy and feel luxuriated and be able to see your friends more. But you may not have financial stability, and how does that feel for you? That's the best question. See, I was always like, mm, I'd rather just teeter on the edge of anxiety around the 25th every month. Well, that's, 
Same. It's the same. Like, you know, I, when I moved here, I was living with a roommate, and I was like, would I rather have the stress of living with a roommate, which involves a lot of me being like, be friendly, be friendly, be friendly, be friendly, or would I rather have the stress of figuring out how to make extra money every month? And I was like, I would rather live alone and have the stress of making money every month. Agreed. Do you have advice for young musicians <laughs> that are queer or women? Oh What's what I served you well? What served you well, and what? Start a band. What? Start a band. Start, start a band. Stop DJing and start a band. Oh, what didn't serve me well was when I was trying to sound like somebody else. That was really hard. All I wanted to do was sound like Kathleen Hanna. I really wanted to sound like Kathleen Hanna. Like I wanted to have sound like Kim Gordon or Kathleen Hanna, and I just couldn't, and I didn't. I just could not. I sounded so fake and so weird, which is cool in its own weird way. Like you know, when you put on a voice. That's what's cool about being a singer and that you have a lot more freedom, I think, than you do with like, um, you know, if you play an instrument or something. But like that was what was really bad for me. And then when I realized I was like, you know, it's okay to just sound like a choir girl from Arkansas. It was fine. It's okay to sound like everything you're singing is away in a manger. It's okay. If everything sounds like a Christmas carol, that's fine. You love Christmas. I do love Christmas. I love it. How does it feel to be someone from Judsonia, Arkansas, in Portland, Oregon, and or in high fashion circles? <laughs> and in other high fashion circles? Well, I was thinking about you. I was thinking about people. It's like weird. It's like almost like glass porn. People are like, oh, it's so interesting. Listen to how you talk. Tell us again about your life. They do love to hear about poverty. Um, but a lot of, you know, a lot of fashion designers and stylists didn't grow up rich. So there's a lot of camaraderie. I think my favorite thing about, like, I enjoy the fashion scene over the music scene any fucking day. Any day. They're just more fun. There's more gay people. There's more women. There's more creativity. There's more, like, flamboyance. It's just way more fun. But, in, like, and I do feel like more people come from an art background than, like, some rocker cliche dude background so that's always way more fun for me when it comes to like the big like the industry side of it like i would much rather be in a room full of fashion people i just feel more at home there but also like i feel fine about it i don't care i like i tell stories about arkansas all the time that's one of kurt's favorite jokes our friend kurt who's also from kansas but it's one of his favorite jokes is he always like, oh, uh, I'm sorry, where were you from again? <laughs> or he'll say to our friends, I didn't know if you knew this, everyone, but Beth is from Arkansas. Because it's such a big thing that people talk about it. And I talk about it all the time. She was munching on a squirrel. I have eaten many squirrels in my day. That was what, that was what she had instead of a Lunchable. <laughs> you know, it was a thing. It's like, we, you know, that true like I would probably be more, it would be more likely at points in my life but it wasn't like something we did every once in a while it was like something that you would have for dinner like catfish or chicken I like normal. I like when you told me about your cousin getting stoned and having the munchies and eating a squirrel that was the first time I ever smoked pot that was the first time I ever got stoned it's just and like What's the difference between eating a squirrel and eating a rabbit? He didn't eat a squirrel, Nicole. He didn't just eat a squirrel. He, I was stoned for the first time. He walks, Gil gets his BB gun, and his door slid open. Like it didn't go up and down; it went from side to side, like you know, like a sliding glass door. And there's like a smaller window. 
and there's like woods behind the house. He just opens the fucking window, puts his BB gun out, and starts shooting squirrels. I swear to God, like that's the story isn't that he ate. Like it doesn't stop there. It's the first time I ever got stoned. He was ripped out of his gourd. He opens his window, shoots his squirrel, goes out, cleans them, brings them in, and then eats them because he had the munchies. I'm pretty sure there was cereal in the cabinet. I'm pretty. You know, it's like <laughs> it was. <laughs> Like that, that, that whole picture you have to remember. That's so elaborate. Like cleaning it, it's pretty next level. They say stoners are lazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. They say stoners are lazy, but look at your cousin. I think he's in jail now, so. Oh, I see. Um, Do you want to hear an advice question about a pansexual man? Yeah. All right. Do your best. I have a friend that, as a married adult, this is from a listener, has figured out he's pansexual. While it it shouldn't affect the basic relationship, his wife already feels insecure about his possible attraction to other women, and he's worried telling her it's just going to give her even more people to worry about him running off with. Yeah, valid. He's hiding a part of himself that he wants to open up about so he can finally be himself. He said he wishes he had understood this about himself when he was younger, but here he is. He's worked on it in therapy. Hold on. He's worked on it in therapy. He shared the information with his sibling that identifies as pan-romantic. What can I tell him to try and help him figure out how to reveal this? What the hell is pan-romantic? Not sure. Okay. So there's pansexual and pan-romantic. Yes. That means you just flirt panly. You panly flirt. Maybe you panly, you panly romance. Let me. I'll Google it. But but what do you yeah. think? What would you tell this guy? Oh gosh, I don't know. I, here's the thing: they're married, yeah. Yeah. I think this is a really time for deep honesty, and not the way that he's being honest with himself, and and I'm hoping that that means that he has being honest about what he's capable like what he's willing to do and willing to sacrifice or compromise is exactly what his partner should be doing too you just have to sit down and have the conversation or you have any conversation right like gently and acknowledging her insecurities and also like re a lot of reassurance that's really helpful i don't think people realize how helpful reassurance is and like some people need it constantly and that can be exhausting but also like you're married and i would assume that that's part of your you know your whole shtick is like giving people what they need and also she could go she needs her own therapist but i think you just have to tell her but be sweet i think that he should tell her also so that he's giving her the dignity of making her own choice exactly so that she's not in a marriage that's not what she thought it was right but who knows what she thought it is because we don't know the nitty-gritty details. Right. Can we just call this person back? Do we have their phone number? Can we get them on the line, Jonathan? <laughs> well, I just, you know, it's okay. The terms of the contract can change. When you marry someone, listen to me, I'm an expert. When you marry someone, you're not asking them to get cast in amber and to never change. You're saying we're going to grow and change together. Right. And you know what? It is 2018. It's not 1955. If you grow and change in different directions and you need to go in that direction and your partner isn't into it, they can make a choice around that. But you don't get to control it. You don't get to control the situation by choosing for them. 
by hiding information from them. And also, you know, it's great to think about. It's like he, like even though it's probably it's going to be painful for him. Like if she makes a choice that's painful, it'll be painful for him. And I think that's something people forget about too. Is like the people who, you know, who instigate those conversations, they're at a loss too. It's not like he wants to lose someone or her, but like, you know, it could be a really good thing for her to like not have to be subjected to that kind of anxiety all the time, you know? And she can grow in a different way too. I think that's something that when you're talking about conversations of like, like make or break or especially marriage, because I've been married and like, I know that like people don't really tell you that kind of thing. Like the most painful conversations are the most important ones. That's just, that's just a fact. The things that are like put you at a, where all your losses are like on the table and like you have something to lose, like you also have something to gain, no matter what that means. Does that make sense? Nothing ventured, nothing gained. I don't know what that means. Well, you have to take a risk in order to grow. Exactly. Or have things be different. Yes. And it's not, it's just not, it's, you don't know until you do it either. And he's going to be so happy, like if it's something he's struggling with and whatever, it's like, you're right. She, she deserves to have a say and he deserves to be himself. to be a Seinfeld, but have you ever noticed that I never try to sell you Blue Apron on the podcast, or that we do not disparage and bemoan trips to the post office in favor of stamps.com? Well, it is because we have no advertisers, zero. Producer Chris, producer Ponyo, and myself do this out of the goodness of our hearts, because we like it. If you would like to tip producer Chris Sutton, who dedicates hours to this series every week, Please, 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 please send your tip of $5, $10, who knows how much. That's your business via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. That is hornet, like the insect, leg, like one of his appendages, at gmail.com. If you do this, we will read your name on the podcast. Isn't that exciting? We may have advertisers someday and we'll rant and rave about free sex toys and mattresses and blue apron and whatever but in the meantime thank you we appreciate your support and i look forward to saying your name on the podcast producer ponyo looks forward to it too that was ponyo's voice don't be scared bye thank you this week to melissa kulik shoshana ruth wechter mary pinson and christy harrod beth what are your top three songs you're listening to right now um, the same shit I listen to every day. It's more like podcasts. I mean, you know what's so funny is like people are asking me about music a lot lately because I, you know, people are always like, "What, what are you listening to now?" and stuff like that. But I'm always like podcasts. That's all I listen to. What are your What are the three songs you always listen to, and what are your top podcasts? Okay, the three songs I always listen to. Right now, I'm really obsessed with, I wouldn't say it's one song, but I listen to ABBA's greatest hits on repeat lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love The Winner Takes It All. It's like my Winner favorite. Takes It All. The loser standing small. And someone on way down here loses someone. It's so good. Um, Cat Power. I'm really into the her album The Greatest right now. I wasn't as into it when it came out. 
but I just rediscovered it because I love her so much. And so um, it's, um, I listened to this song, Dancing on Tables, and the song Could We, the song called Could We, which is really, really, really good. It's just about being in love and like new romance and just like gentle and sweet. And of course, probably like, I don't know. What was the last song I played? The last song I listened to. Oh, <laughs> so funny is Daft Punk. Um, not Daft Punk, but it says Daft Punk is playing at my house, which is such an old song. I am such an old hat. Yeah, I'm also an old hat listening to your old iPod. Um, oh my god you're welcome if you could whisper into the ear of like a young teen fat person mm. what would you whisper into their ear god that's a deep question like they're in high school okay they're like this sucks i don't feel that awesome because people aren't treating me that awesome okay my advice to people in school in high school is always the same I don't know, I'll start with this. I don't know what I would have done had it not been for the friends that I met in high school and the really close relationships that I made. There's a lot of pressure, I know it sounds cliche and it's like been said a million times, but there's a lot of pressure to be this one kind of person or fit in, or there was when I was in high school 20 years ago, 19 years ago. And I just remember having this, like waking up and like having this epiphany that I was just like, I don't understand why the kids with the most money or the kids with the most, like, or who are the, you know, quote unquote, like supposedly the most good looking or more athletic, like the kids that don't treat everyone very kind. Like, I don't understand why they always get to win in all of these like weird high school contests that we have or like why it's always about popularity when nobody really likes these people. And so I just made it my mission at that point to like be to just stop investing in that and just really like find people who made me feel good and made me laugh and got my jokes and like were interested in talking about more than like the same high school bullshit every day. And if you're in high school right now, you know what that bullshit is. But you know, people who just made you feel good and made you think and made you laugh. And those are the people I'm still friends with to this day. I mean, you and I have known each other for how long? 10 years, 15 yeah. years, like a long time. And then, you know, I'm still best friends with my best friend from high school and like, like barely really close to him. And like, we live, always live in the same town and we always live really close to each other. And I just, that those relationships were so formative because I just let go. And the minute I let go of trying to be somebody else's idea, and like make my own ideas of what's cool that changed everything and i made all of these incredible friendships and they lasted my until now until this podcast and now we become lovers sagittarian matters is produced by chris sutton with assistance by ponyo georges our theme music is composed by carolyn pennypacker riggs of the band bouquet thank you for listening and i'll see you next time